It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, hurrah, boys, hurrah, down with the traitor. Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, folks. We're having a very spirited conversation with uh, Linda Plesha, manager of the recreation sports for the city of Paso Robles, and Brandon Medeiros, the immediate past chair of the REC Foundation for Paso Robles that helps support uh, recreational opportunities in the city of Paso Robles. You... Uh, you said that the REC Foundation had existed for about 20, 20 years? 20 years. It was founded in 2000. Um, what, how much in funding, Linda, has the REC Foundation been able to contribute to the city of facilities and operations? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I get to <laughs> share this information um, <laughs> every week at concerts in the park. Um, as I have been working with the REC Foundation directly since 2012, I used to say that the REC Foundation had contributed over a half a million dollars to supporting enhanced programs, places, and spaces in Paso, and now we're close to the $2 million mark wow. on behalf of the REC Foundation. They have contributed throughout the year to us significantly to reopening our centennial pool after it was closed, establishing a fund to make sure that that very well-used playground in what we refer to the crown jewel of our community, that city park, is maintained and able to provide wonderful, safe um, service for all of the community members. Right now, they're in the process of building and installing a new pump track at Barney Schwartz Park. Um, is it a pump truck or a pump track? Pump track. track. And so, yeah, a pump track is um, a, uh, essentially it's a BMX bike course with uh, hills and, and turns and, um, you know, People of all ages can participate, and they're quite uh, exciting, and uh, a lot of communities are implementing them. Uh, I think the closest one in this area currently is in Morro Bay, and it's been highly successful. We're excited to bring that as an additional amenity over at Barney Schwartz Park. Well, that's wonderful. My, my sense is that uh, having walked practically every, every neighborhood for in this county on uh, my various political uh, dealings, <laughs> that Paso Robles has a higher percentage of park space available spread out throughout the city than many communities have. Do you, do you have, Linda, do you have an idea how much uh, parks there is in uh, an open space in the city of Paso Robles? Oh, that's a great question, and I don't have those figures um, in front of me, and part of that is for the way we're structured in the city of Paso Robles. I'm the recreation services manager, and then we all ha also have a park supervisor, so they do a better job of keeping track that those numbers and comparing them to what, what else we have in the community. I know the number of parks we have and the sizes of each of those parks. Well, that will tell us, tell our listeners a lot. Tell, tell us the number of parks and the sizes. Okay, let's see. The The largest big bad boy we have is Barney Schwartz, our premier sports facility with four softball fields and four soccer fields, two playgrounds, four picnic areas, a lake, 
40 acres located on Union Road wow. um, and yeah. Pass Robles. Yeah, it's really beautiful, and we host um, adult softball there. We have youth and adult tournaments on weekends, and that park is use, utilized and active, I would say, every day that it, it can be. So um, it's a really wonderful um, facility that we're very proud of, and it brings in lots of people um, to be able to enjoy Paso Robles. And then um, Home of Recreation Services right here at, um, at Centennial Park, located kind of in the heart of the school district area of town. We're surrounded by the high school, private schools, and several elementary schools. 16 acres, and we have pickleball courts, tennis courts, a gymnasium, meeting rooms, picnic area, swimming pool, I'm sure a demo garden, <laughs> um, and many other facilities as well. Now, Linda, um, do the, do the, uh, does the school district part city to use those uh, facilities for their uh, sports teams, or do they have their own? We have an agreement with the school district to share facilities, um, and we don't charge each other for um, soft costs that are incurred. So whenever they're available... We'll, um, we're able to put our um, nonprofit leagues on the school fields and then vice versa. The school uses our gym most days. They use our swimming pool, reserve the courts for them, et cetera, um, just since their students are obviously our community members as well. So we have a wonderful agreement with the school district to provide um, enhanced services for the community. Now, when you talk about soft costs, is that something that the REC Foundation helps with? Definitely. Um, yeah, what I really enjoy about the partnership we have with the REC Foundation, um, especially these years, is when they establish their annual budget, we're able to propose what we would like to accomplish for the year, and they commit um, the support to help us establish those goals throughout the year, to reactivate the teen center, an after-school program open to youth in our community um, for no charge. And so the recognition was the first sponsor to step up and provide $2,500 towards renovating the space. And we secured additional funds, and now we're um, expected to have a grand opening on August 19th. Mark that on your calendar, folks. Grand opening on August 19th right after 4th of July. Mm -hmm. um, well, folks, this is uh, lawyer Stu Jenkins, your host at Slow County Public Policy and the Law, KNews 98.5. We are speaking to Linda Plesha, manager of the Recreation Services for the City of Paso Robles, and Brandon Mideros, immediate past chair of the Rec Foundation, about the incredible partnership that the city and the Rec Foundation have forged. Um, I, I did want to uh, ask a little bit about what's coming up on the 4th of July. So the 4th of July, we've got a lot going on this year. We brought it back um, last year after uh, several years hiatus. And free, um, last year it was one of the most incredible fireworks shows that I'd ever seen. We had our entire recreation team out there and Rec Foundation volunteers providing activities for the family on a portion of a soccer field. And so this year we decided to take the whole thing. <laughs> and so we're opening that park at 2 o'clock. When do they? And, um, so if, if people really want to go and have fireworks like the old days mm -hmm. in Paso Robles, 
Where do they go? They come out to Barney Schwartz Park anytime after 2 o'clock. We'll have people out there earlier than that. We also have food trucks on site and games and activities and fun to enjoy throughout the day. And then at 9.20, you'll just have an opportunity to be up close and personal with one of the most spectacular shows that I've ever seen. I'm so looking forward to it after how much we enjoyed it last year. This year, we've added two big concerts. So we have the Young Dubliners and Stephen Stiles performing free concerts. That's new for us this year as well. And um, we're just expecting to have an incredible time out in the park. And as long as you're just patient when you're leaving, you'll just have an incredible night. Now, if people uh, or businesses want to sponsor any of these events, are there still opportunities for them to do that? Absolutely. Right to that website. Um, Frida Berman's contact information is there. You're welcome to reach out to me directly, and we will uh, make sure to find out what it is that you're hoping to provide and try to make that work for you and benefit the community all at the same time. Now, Brandon or, or Linda, I'm not sure who would know the answer to this question. If you've got fireworks, do you have the fire department nearby, just in case. <laughs> yes, we do. I'm working on the committee with um, Frida Berman and her team, and we have fire department present at every meeting. They've done many safety walkthroughs. They're already prepping this site and the surrounding area to ensure that everything is wet enough and safe enough that we can have a wonderful, safe evening. And if you want to have a good fireworks event where you can participate and the city participates, go to the Barney Schwartz Park soccer field uh, July 4th and get there early. Um, I used to do that with my children, and we would we weren't going to Pastor Robles in those days. We would go to Templeton, and it was just mm-hmm. a wonderful day. Brandon, how, how is the RC? Is it REC or REC Foundation? Yeah, REC. It's an acronym, so okay. Recreation Enhances Community. Oh. And that's how we received REC. <laughs> well, I, I like it. I like it. How How is the REC Foundation working to support the 4th of July festivities? So, um, yeah, we are that uh, nonprofit arm, and I spoke about that synergistic relationship we have with the city. Um, but yeah, Linda, can you explain a little bit about, um, our, our role this year? Cause I know it changes from year to year. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. So, um, when the, when we first started hosting 4th of July events at Barney Schwartz Park in 2002, I think it was contributing annually, um, $10,000 and upwards to make sure that the program was launched successfully. Um, this go around the city's Paso. They've come on big with a $50,000 donation. Wow. So does this mean that when people send in a check, uh, it is a tax-deductible uh, donation? Yes, it's tax-deductible, and 100% of what they donate goes towards what they want it to go towards. And would this be the same for the sponsors of uh, various events? Yes, absolutely. The largest event that we secure sponsors for through the REC Foundation um, besides 4th of July, the concert's in the park, and it's a very similar process. We request, um, we establish sponsorship agreements with many people to host that 9 to 10 concert series every year, and then they're able to either make Venmo payments or credit card payments or send in checks. Um, sponsor monies go towards um, hosting the concerts, and then at those concerts specifically, the Rec Foundation has made it possible for people 
put money in buckets. Hmm. So they put on a bunch of crazy hats and they walk around those concerts and they ask for money to support our Youth Recreation Scholarship Fund. And we collect almost $2,000 a night from the community at every concert and every penny of it supports youth in Paso participating in our program. The current model of the program is that every um, qualifying child receives a budget of 200 and that goes towards 50% um, cost reduction towards anything that they would like to enroll in throughout the year. We are actually rolling out a new model in August thanks to the Rec Foundation support and our wonderful relationship with uh, the Scouts locally that um, host a big fundraiser for us. We're going to be providing um, 100% scholarships for families in extreme need and unhoused children. You, you mentioned the uh, work of the Scouts with the city. Uh, are there other groups like YMCA or, or any other organizations? We definitely partner with many organizations in addition to the Scouts and the Rec Foundation. There's a nonprofit um, youth sports council that assists us with all of our work with our nonprofit leagues. We definitely, the YMCA has a facility right here on site at Centennial Park to be able to offer after-school care and summer camp programming, et cetera. We work with um, HUD, which is housing the housing program, workforce program that they have over on the north side of town. And when you work with HUD, what, what kinds of programs are you able to put on as a city? So we established a wonderful program um, with them to provide swim lessons and then lifeguard training. So the goal is to make sure that their participants are water safe. You know, we're safe by bodies of water everywhere. And then also provide a work opportunity for them to become lifeguards for the city and be able to help us provide swim options for others. Well, that that is a wonderful program. And uh, so I hope people in Pastor Robles will be signing up for some of these. Now, uh, are people from outside the city able to participate in these kinds of events? Yes. We don't have a different fee for people that are residents versus non-residents. Um, at this time, everything is still open to everyone, and I hope that it remains that way because we're surrounded by so many unincorporated areas where mm -hmm. those people wouldn't necessarily have access to the services that we're able to provide through our agency. I suspect that a lot of the people who uh, live outside the city end up sending their children into the city schools, and and probably the, the city is the center of, of many of the things that they do, including work. So that that's a wonderful uh, thing that you are that inclusive. Is, is there, uh, I, uh, in a lot of the information about the recreation department, there's a real emphasis on inclusion, um, kind of everybody, no matter what their status is. Uh, how, what kind of programs have you been able to put together to uh, implement that inclusion? Absolutely. I'm so glad you mentioned that. We really established those goals and priorities when we were doing the work on our strategic plan. And inclusion involves a lot of community engagement. So we met with many groups in the community and really what rose to the forefront was ensuring that we provided diverse programs that were accessible to everyone. And so um, one of the barriers is cost sometimes, which is why we decided to increase 
the scholarships and then the diversity of programs. You know, we have a Martin Luther King event that we um, support annually. We just supported a Dia de los Niños event. The concerts are open to everyone. And so in, in continuing to identify maybe underrepresented demographics and provide for them, but also making sure that everything we do is inclusive and accessible to everyone. And are your programs in different languages besides English? All of our forms and materials are printed in Spanish as well. So far, that's the only language we've identified as hitting a broad enough demographic to be beneficial. Um, so we are now producing all of our flyers and applications and information in English and Spanish. I guess one other uh, group of uh, particularly young people that I think uh, frequently have trouble finding recreational opportunities are uh, children who have disabilities. Uh, do you have uh, programs that focus on that? So we do have a wonderful adapted aquatics offering during the summer. So we have some private swim lessons in a small that are available for children with special needs. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I would say that we're primarily focused on making reasonable accommodations for families with special needs whenever we're able to. Well, very good. Well, Brandon, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about how the foundation is operating to uh, support all of these activities? Yeah, so, um, yeah, we, we, we like, like um, Linda mentioned, we meet once a year. So we really kind of set forth some of the upcoming goals and, 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 and thoughts by all the board members so everybody has a say on what they're interested in. Uh, and then we work closely with the city on what they have upcoming. And so, as you can tell, that we have a lot of events that happen for our little northern county uh, little town that we have here. And it, we have uh, pretty big goals and, um, and exciting activities for everyone. Now, is the REC Foundation a membership organization? So, yeah, we, we average about 12 to 15 board members. Um, we have a we have a chair, as mentioned, but uh, yeah, always have the door open for anyone who'd be interested in supporting recreation services in Paso Robles, and not only that, this the Northern County. How how many volunteers do you think the uh, Rec Foundation uh, fields? And over the last 20-something years, it's easily over 50. Um, we have a lot, like myself, who's been there for, gosh, 20 years just because uh, mm. constantly uh, really being part of uh, part of the community. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, like I mentioned, it's about 12 to 15. And then volunteers, we reach out. I mean, concerts in the park, for example, we pass the hat and we go out into the to the crowd to collect donations. Um, we get We get a bunch of friends and family that come out and help support. Linda, how many people does it take? for instance, to put on a Concerts in the Park event? So staff is working probably almost year-round, an annual timeline to secure the bands and the sponsors and produce the posters, et cetera, et cetera. And when we finally roll out, we've actually got it pretty streamlined. We have four to five people that show up on Thursday morning out in the park. We roll in and set up our canopies and banners and perimeter and all those things to make us compliant, all that good stuff. And then we go back into the office and cool off for a while. <laughs> and then we roll out again about 3 o'clock, and that's when we're ready for the wine and beer sales. Um, the concerts are always supported by JLOR Vineyards and Wines and Firestone Beer. They um, Firestone give us it's all the beer that they sell, and we receive 100% of the proceeds. And then JLOR Vineyards and Wines is 
been a remarkable partner for the entire duration of the concert. Cases of wine, discounted wine, they serve the wine. It's just really a wonderful um, partnership. And so only about six are required with all of those volunteers that are on site providing that additional support. This is your host, lawyer Stu Jenkins at Slow County Public Policy and the Law, KNews 98.5. We have been pleased to be speaking with Linda Plesha, manager of the recreation services for the city of Paso Robles, and Brandon Medeiros, immediate past chair of the Rec Foundation. Before we go, I just wanted to uh, talk to you about some of the things coming up. Uh, I, I understand there's concerts in the park this summer. Do, do you have an idea of what the lineup is? We do. We do have an idea of the lineups, too. Thanks for asking. The concerts kick off on Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. in that beautiful city park we were talking about earlier. Now, which Free city park is that? The Pass Robles Downtown City Park. Okay. Located at Spring and 13th, or Spring and 12th, I should say. And what times um, are the, are the uh, concerts? 6 to 8 p.m. So it's just enough time to get off work and get down there comfortably, <laughs> or if you get down there a little late, then come on down for the last half two-hour concerts on Thursdays throughout the summer um, in the city of Paso. We're kicking off the first night, June 15th, with Molly Ringwald Project. And then this year we're featuring Soundhouse, Monty Mills. Can't ever have a season without Monty Mills. <laughs> no. Uh, the Santa Cruz Family Band, Carbon City Lights, they're new to us, Backpages Band, Incendio is back. Um, the whole band is back this year, one of our very favorites. Dirty Cello, and then we're going to wrap up this season with our favorite season ender, and that's the Joy Bonner Band. Oh, wow. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, I, I expect in the middle of wine country, there's probably plenty of uh, wineries that are there serving people. Absolutely, and we encourage everyone to pick up some delicious food downtown. We've got so many restaurants and um, food places, and you're welcome to bring your own wine and beer to the concerts if you'd like, or you can just show up and grab a bite at one of our local restaurants, and um, we're serving beer and wine on site at every concert. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you appearing on Slow County Public Policy and the Law, and we hope you'll come back in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Well, thank you. And uh, I'm going to do a little short uh, snippet about next week's show, folks, because you're going to want to stick around. On the 8th of June, we're going to hear why Victor Gomez, Executive Director of Citizens Against Lawsuit Abuse, says private attorneys' powers to bring public interest suits against employers needs to be throttled back. Then, stay tuned for my 11 a.m. conversation with prominent San Luis Obispo County employment and public interest lawyer, Alan Hutkin, to explain the way private attorneys working as private attorney generals give people who would otherwise be ground down by superior forces the ability to enforce laws against employers, landlords, and government officials. <laughs>